Take a molly like communion. My little girl, like what you doing? I'm just trying to even all my eyes. Hey guys, how y'all doing? Thank y'all for tuning in to another episode of the M Sports. Thank y'all for the last episode. I really got positive feedback on it. I enjoyed it. I hope y'all enjoyed it. And, you know, that's just the beginning. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's just the beginning. We still have more coming. I still will get into more details with everything I put out. And for right now, I just wanted to do a little special episode real quick and talk a little bit about the NFL. Yesterday, I was real quick with the NBA. And from here on out, I'm going to put the episodes together. But today, I just want to put one out for the NFL. And before I really talk the NFL, I just want to talk a little bit about the Rockets win over Golden State last night. The Rockets won the game. And... Let's just say the Rockets looked really damn good. They put up 107 points and held the Warriors, the Golden State Warriors, to only 86. Now, yeah, we know they don't have Curry. Yeah, we know they don't have Boogie. But they still had Kevin Durant. They still had Klay Thompson, Iggy, Green. And honestly, they, they just couldn't get a rhythm going. Coming into the game, I was a little scared. I thought it was going to be more of a shootout, one of those 120-130 games just because I didn't think we were going to be able to stop a nosebleed out there, really. I knew our defense was coming around, but the Warriors, that's a different team. That's a different offense. And honestly, looking and watching the game yesterday, we did really good on defense. We were switching everything. We were just letting Durant like go ISO, and once he went ISO, try and you know take over the game just himself, and it's kind of hard for him to do that. And not saying he can, but it's kind of hard just for one person to go on and go ISO and switch everything, and get different looks every time up the court. But I like what we did. Harden played amazing yesterday. He had a good 27 points on 8 of 23, shooting 4 of 14 from free throw, from three-pointer, sorry, and 7 of 8 from the free throw. And he was a plus 11. I liked it. I like what he showed out there. Same with Ennis. Ennis came out there with the energy. P.J. Tucker was doing P.J. Tucker things and going out there and giving his all to help us get a win. Mainly, I'm in love with Gary Clark. He is a stud. I love what he did yesterday. For 27 minutes, 9 points, 7 boards, 2 assists. He was 3-7 from the field. And those 3 made shots were all 3-pointers. And he just looked great. I mean, his passing looked nice. He could have had a few more assists, but a few missed open shots. And... I mean, he still looked good out there. I really enjoyed what I saw. His defense looks nice. He was a plus 15 out there. And I'm glad he was able to go out there and show that he made an impact in the game. He helped switch. He was vital at points with the pick and roll and doing what he does best. Yes, it's only nine points, but it's hard to look really at the stat sheet and say, okay, yeah, he only had nine points, but you had to look and show how the spacing he was getting. 
and everything. Again, he's only a rookie. Today's his birthday. Happy birthday. He is 24 years old. Again, he's still learning the game. This is, you know, his 14th game in the league. And he's still learning. And the vets out there will help him understand where to go in this situation, that situation. And he'll be able to open up the floor for us more. Once he gets that shot down, it'll be really good. And we will have a really good player for this team. Um, our defense, like I said, looked amazing. I loved it. The switching. Our defensive coach, um, Jeff, I'm not very proper how I say his last name, so I'm really not going to attempt it to be disrespectful, but I'm calling Coach B. And, he, you know, I know he's coming back right after Thanksgiving, so once he gets here, he'll be able to show out and help this team in defensive situations and we'll be able to get back to our old ways. I love our team. I understand Ariza's not here. I understand Luke's not here. But I think Ennis feels enough of the Ariza role. He's a little bit more aggressive. He might not be as great of a defender as Ariza. But he's more aggressive. He will take that three-point shot more often than Ariza will. And he will drive in. And dunk it, lay it up. You know, he, he'll give his energy out there. So, I like that. He's basically a younger Ariza. But I think once Ennis goes throughout the system and goes throughout the year, he'll be able to understand, okay, when to take this shot, when to understand not to be so aggressive on the defensive end to get, to get a foul called on him because he does get a lot of foul calls. But... It's just because he's so aggressive and not saying that's a bad thing, but this sometimes once you learn how to balance it and learn not to reach in all the time and everything, you he will be good. I love him. I love what he brings to this team. Another reason I really wanted to talk about this was the Golden State Warriors, Kevin Durant, Draymond meltdown. I know they had a meltdown on Monday for... Um, against the Clippers, Lou Williams shot the ball. He missed it the last four or five seconds of the game, tied up, and Draymond grabs a rebound, takes it down court. Once you watch the video, you'll see Kevin Durant under the basket, clapping for the ball, you know, passing to me, passing to me, and Draymond takes it himself, fumbles it, and they go to overtime and eventually lose. That is was just one of those things, you know, it's all happened to us in pickup when we go go play Legacy or your YMCA and, you know, hey, pass me the ball, you know, we're trying to win this game. It's one of those things, once you watched it, you're like, it happened to sports, it'll boil over. But once they got to the bench, it got a little bit too much. You could see the argument, you could see the people getting separated. And... Once Kevin Durant left the bench, going back onto the court for overtime, you could see him mouth in which people have looked at and kind of somewhat understand what he said. He said something along the lines, that's the reason I'm out of here. And once everyone saw that, they're like, whoa, you know, are you just mad at this situation or are you mad about what's been going on, you know, behind closed doors? And... People were trying to figure that out. Well, Chris Haynes from Yahoo Sports uh, 
delivered an article last night and he was discussing everything that happened. And I quote Chris Haynes from Yahoo Sports. Yahoo Sports received additional accounts from numerous sources who were within earshot of what happened of what was verbalized in the Warriors heated huddle at the end of regulation Monday night against the Clippers. Green called Durant a bitch multiple times, sources said. In a summarized version, sources said Green shouted, you're a bitch and you and you know you're a bitch. The rhetoric sources said. Continue, even with Kerr, when Kerr attempted to direct the team's attention to his whiteboard. But what ultimately led to Green suspension, sources said, was a remark in which he dared Durant to bolt in free agency next summer. Durant has a player option for the 19... 19- 20 season and the Warriors want their super team intact for their opening at a new arena, the Chase Center in San Francisco next season. Green blurred to Durant something along the lines of, we don't need you, we won without you, leave. Sources said. I was out last night and seen the article, I looked it up, I read it, and my jaw dropped. I was like, wow, that is something you don't see that's something once read, you're like, it must have been going on. Their little meltdown issues for a while for someone to say that. I understand things can get heated in a game. I've no I play pickup. I've got heated with, you know, friends during the game, like, hey, you know, I was hot, pass me the ball, this, that, this, that. But at the end of the day, we'll come home, still go play Fortnite, still go eat, carry on with our day, you know. It's just a game. We continue on. And we understand with these pro players, it's more than a game. It's a lifestyle. It's their careers. But for something to be said like that, that's when you kind of look at it and it's like, okay, what has really been going on? Why are they fighting like this? I don't know what will happen with this. I don't know. What really it all comes down to what Kevin Durant does. If he does say, okay, I will stay here for past next season, but it's going to come down to you need to get rid of Draymond. You need to do this or that. And that can cause a lot of chaos. Draymond has one more year on his contract after this season. And then he's a free agent. But it will be interesting to see what happens. Um, This could possibly cause Kevin Durant to just leave. I don't want to deal with this player no more. I'm tired of what it is. I came here. I got my rings. I'm out of here. And I know ownership for the Warriors wouldn't want Durant to leave. No one would want Kevin Durant to leave. No matter what team he's on, if... The owners of whatever team Kevin Durant's on, they would be like, no, we don't want him to leave. Arguably, second best player possibly first. You know, I don't know which way y'all really go. But you wouldn't want a player like that to leave. That's something, someone you would want to stay on your team. If it came down between Kevin Durant and Draymond, you know, I'm sure 95% of people would choose Kevin Durant. I think you look at his game and you can't pass that up for Draymond. Not saying Draymond's a bad player, but you're basically comparing one of the greatest scorers to ever play this game. And 
you're like, well, I would choose him over Draymond. Draymond brings defense, but he doesn't bring the scoring Durant does. And that's not the only thing, but that's just some basics people would look at. And I think if Durant was to stay, I think Green's out of here. I think he was to leave. I think that's a pretty bruised up relationship to try and fix. That's something... Not something you can just fix in a couple of days. You know, they can continue the game playing. They're both pros. They know, okay, we must hate each other behind closed doors, but we're both trying to accomplish something and winning a ring for Golden State. And, you know, that's just, they're going to continue to play. They might go out there and have a great game together, and people are like, oh, well, it's over. No, it's not really over. It's still boiling in behind closed doors it's just you can only repair it for so much before eventually one or the other does not care i think it's out of line for green to go that far we understand he's a very emotional player um i know how many people feel durant but it's just something you don't say to your teammate no matter the situation, that's something more closed doors, you know, kind of, you don't say it like that. I really don't think you should say it at all. That's something you would say to rivals or, you know, you know how it gets during games. People been there. It gets heated. You all talk smack, but that's just, I think it's a little outline. And I think it's just selfish of Green to put it that way. He does understand that hey we won a championship for you to get here we won 73 games before you got here but still you can't disrespect another player not just saying it's because it's Durant any player like that and that's just you know that's just how it goes on but we're going to wait and see how it comes along how it goes what happens I think this year they still go and fight for a championship. I'm pretty sure they win it unless, again, injuries happen. Um, is really the only thing. I think if an injury happens to them, um, a crazy trade was to be made to give, say, a Houston a better chance at beating them. Um, a Lakers a better chance at beating them. Something like that. So, we just got to wait and see and see how it turns out. But I want to move the direction a little bit to the NFL real quick. And I'm a Cowboys fan. I grew up a Cowboys fan. And once I moved to Texas, I'd be all my family was Cowboys fans. So, I became one. And <laughs> they haven't exactly been the greatest of teams. Um, you know, the since really they won the Super Bowl, they've been a little bit down. They've had players, they just never had the system to go forward. This year, um, coming into the season, I thought there would be like possibly 10 wins. I liked what they had. I was clearly upset about the Des Bryant thing. I It was almost felt like he was a scapegoat, like, Hey, we're not winning because you, yeah, he was having a down year. Yeah, he's been fighting injuries, but I don't think you can sit there and blame the whole offense being sluggish by one 
receiver, really. And I understand he was getting paid big money, and that's just something they didn't want to deal with, but it's still is very upsetting to see him go, especially what he did. I feel for him for tearing his Achilles uh, the last play of Saints practice after he got signed with them. But, you know, best wishes to Dez. But back to the Cowboys. I love Zeke. I think he's great. I think he will be one of the better running backs to come through the league. He can do everything. I honestly think he still has a little bit more to unlock. But I feel like well, what the Cowboys have in their coaching staff is not really helping him that much. Yes, I understand. Uh, we did have a great offensive line once he got here. Our offensive line is still good. We still got banged up with injuries. Uh, players just getting old, you know. And it's just our offensive line is kind of depleting a little bit. Still nice offensive line. And he's still rushing for a lot of yards. I know... Ooh, excuse me. I know as of now, we rank fifth in the NFL in rush yards. And that's all thanks to Zeke. He's doing amazing out there. I love what I see from him. But I just think if we can get a better coach than Jason Garrett, I'm on the fire Jason Garrett train right now. I'm, I'm on it big time. I've never really enjoyed Jason Garrett. I think he brought a little bit something new once he was hired. But... Now it's kind of just repetitive, um, just watching from the couch and just knowing, okay, I kind of feel, I already know he's going to go one or two plays right here, and it's kind of predictable. It's With what we have around us, Dak might not be the greatest quarterback out there, but you can make, a coach can make a quarterback better. And I just think Jason Garrett is basically putting the ceiling right now on Dak, and he's not going far. I think if we got a better offensive-minded coach, he would help us out because it's crazy to think about Cowboys are 4-5 and five right now. Our, we are averaging 20 points a game, 327 yards, and 194 passing yards. And those are all 24th or worse in the league, and that's not the best. But once you look at our defense, we rank Third in points allowed in 19. Uh, seventh in yards allowed, 328.6. Eighth in pass yards allowed, 231.9. And eighth in rushing yards, 96.7. That's crazy to think that Dallas Cowboys defense is better than their offense. Known for the Cowboys, known what this history is, you would never guess like, hey, our defense is way better than our offense. I know years past, their defense was always, you know, uh, historically bad. And then you look at the offense, the offense is just carrying the defense. Okay, we'll go out there and score, you know, these 24, 31, 34 points a game. And our defense, yeah, we're going to give up, you know, 500 yards, but we can go out there and score with the best of them. Now, our defense is holding teams. And our offense goes out there and gets a three and out. Not good. Uh, Dak's throwing away or not doing exactly his best to get something going. And that hurts us. That puts our defense at a worse position because they are constantly out there, constantly trying to get stops, trying to get breath. And good thing we have the depth to help us so far. But honestly, we should be much better. 
I think I've been thinking this for a while. I think uh, Jason Garrett should have got fired, I think, last year. But um, Jerry Jones really likes him. That's how Jerry Jones is. He's very controlled. He likes a coach. He can basically tell what to do. And the coach is like, all right, you know, I will do. But I think once we get a new offense coordinator in there, a new head coach, someone that will bring in good NFL coaching, it will help us a lot on offense. Another reason Dak, I think he really reached his ceiling right now with Garrett was also because the missing of Romo. When Romo was there injured, Dak was like, okay, I don't know what to do in this situation. Let me ask Romo. Romo will give him because Romo's basically seen just about everything that you would want NFL quarterback to see. And he knew, okay, on third and fourth, they're go we're gonna run this play, they're gonna try and throw this at you, so watch for this. And Dak knew, okay, that's how it worked, and that was helped him so much. And also it was just Romo being there healthy again and just on Dak's back. So basically Dak knew, hey, if I was to mess up on this play, it's over. Romo's going to come back in and I'm going to sit the bench. So I think having Romo back there was very helpful to Dak to keep him going. But also me, I liked Romo a lot. I think he should have started once he got healthy. But, you know, that's the past. Can't do nothing about it. But I think once everything gets going, I think Dak has a little bit more to prove. But again, he's a fourth-round pick. He kind of maximized already what you know a fourth-round pick can do, what he can be. And honestly, I like him. I like him a lot. And I think just it really just comes down to coaching. A little bit of the player, too. You can't put 100% on the coaching, but it does come down a little bit to the player. But he's not no Aaron Rodgers. It'd be like, okay, this play's busted. Let me go out there and make something out of it. He can, but you can tell at times he prefers not to because it's all about player safety now. Um, it's kind of hard for defense players to, one, tackle now a certain way. So, I mean, majority of them are trying to go lower. So if your quarterback can get hit in the legs or anyone get hit in the legs, it's kind of hard and it's just something you don't want to go through because that's just less able for you to run in the future but you know I like where his team is going I like Cooper I think giving him up a first was hard especially for the 2019 especially you don't know which way you're going you're four and five you can lose out and be you know a top 10 pick or you could possibly win out, make the playoffs, and first round buyer. I mean, first round loss. So I'm kind of upset they lost. They lost that first round pick, but he is 24. He has been to a Pro Bowl. He's been in the league and established. Yes, we do have to pay him, but I don't think it will be too much of a hassle. We already look way better with him out there. Well, I wouldn't say way better. We're still. We're, we're, you could see where the grass is starting to get greener out there. But I love Zeke. I love Beasley. Hearns, you know, he's 
He's doing something out there. I wish he would get a little bit more involved. And then Michael Gallup. I love Michael Gallup. I think him and Cooper will just be them two out there, one and two, and they'll be doing their thing. Again, it's a rookie. Gallup's a rookie. So especially in the NFL, it's a little bit harder for rookies to get adjusted, especially receivers. That's something that takes a little bit. But I think once he finds his groove, he'll be good to go. It's just, again, the first year's. You don't have exactly the greatest quarterback thrown to you, as in Brady or Rodgers, a Breeze, a Goff, a Wentz. You just have Dak. Um, not saying he's ho- exactly horrible, but still, you know, and that offense is kind of a struggle a little bit. They're four and five. They play the Falcons this week. Falcons are. Uh, defense is depleted. They have injuries all over the board on defense. But, again, their offense is deadly still. So, who knows? Uh, it could go one or two ways. Again, the Falcons did lose to the Browns. Not saying the Browns are bad, but... Ooh, excuse me. wasn't something much expected. But I also wanted to talk about the Texans. The Texans, the Texans, the Texans... I think they'll be, let me look up their record. They're 6-3 and three this year. They're on a six-game win streak. They play the Redskins tomorrow, which are also 6-3. and three, So that'll be interesting to watch. I, I think tomorrow they win. It'll be a close one. The Redskins are sneaky good. It's one of those teams, the Redskins could be bad, but they could also be good. But I think the Texans win right now on offense. They're averaging 24 points a game, 16th best in the league. 369 yards, 14th best. Passing yards, 248.9, 18th best, and 120 rush yards, 11th best. I think that's all thanks to Sean Watson coming back healthy. Um, Especially with an ACL injury, I was a little shocked. He came back. And was as good as he was right away. Because most players with ACL injuries, especially with a running quarterback or a mobile quarterback, that's kind of hard to come back from. That's difficult to deal with because it's just you're putting movement on over that ACL joint. And who knows? He Most players come back are not the same. They're not as fast. They're hesitant when they play. They're nervous. He could tell he was a little nervous, but he was still very confident in himself and what he could do. And I like watching Deshaun Watson. I honestly didn't think he was going to be that good coming in. Honestly, that's a that was a bad take by me. I thought he would be all right, but nothing spectacular. And now he looks great. That offense is coming around. I love Demarius Thomas in there. Um... It sucks because he just has one year left, so it's kind of a buy-in. But NFL nowadays with draft pick, it's nothing guaranteed. You know, the Texans could keep that pick and pick up uh, maybe a star that was in college. You know, in the fourth round that accidentally slipped all the way down there, and dude might be a bust. But that's just the NFL. You never really know. Comes down to a lot of system, a lot of a. How they play. So, I like the Texans. Their defensive side of the ball, they're allowing 20 points a game, the seventh best. 
336 yards, ninth best. Passing yards, 243, 16th best. And rush yards, 92.9. That's sixth best. Um, obviously, you got J.J. Watt and Clowney back there. That's something deadly. That's something folks are scared of. And then also uh, Tyron Matthew, that's a guy you really have to watch out for, the Honey Badger. He was scary. I never really understood why the uh, Cardinals decided to cut him. I Yeah, they're horrible, but I feel like you could at least try to trade him instead of cutting him. It didn't really make much sense, but some of these NFL GMs aren't exactly the brightest. Because you cut him, but you give Sam Bradford, you know, 20, 22 million, which I have no clue what they're exactly thinking. They play the Redskins tomorrow, the Texans. I think they win 24-20. I'm just throwing it out there. I think they're good. Kirk Cousins, I'm sorry, Alex Smith, I forgot the quarterback switch. Alex Smith. He's he can be sneaky good, but I just think Houston ha- off a of bye week. Demarius Thomas getting more involved. Um, DeAndre Hopkins doing DeAndre Hopkins things. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see. I know everyone's probably interested. Hey, what do you think Hopkins is ranked as a wide receiver in the league? Honestly, after watching. Him play, him do his thing out there. I would have to say first, I can understand why people won't say first. I have a lot of Texans fans that I know. They all say first. Obviously, you know, that's your team. But I can see why people would say OBJ. OBJ is going through a harder situation with Eli Manning. Eli Manning has no offensive line, so it gives no time for OBJ to even run, you know, a little hook route and boom, quarterbacks rate getting sacked during the way. So I understand that viewpoint. But Hopkins, I, I like what I see from him. He has a catch rate just like crazy, same as OBJ. I don't think he put Julio in that discussion just because Julio puts up the numbers. He's a freak athlete, puts up the numbers, but he doesn't get the touchdowns. He has two all year, and we're you know, nine games in, I want to say, for the Falcons. They're nine games in. He has one touchdown catch, two touchdowns catch, and that didn't come till two weeks ago. Um, I just don't, I just think his time has passed the top. I can see why people love uh, Antonio Brown. And then I can also see, I think a sleeper would be Michael Thomas and A.J. Green. Michael Thomas, I think you can argue probably the second best this year just by what he's doing. Uh, I think he's catching, I want to say, above 80% of his catches uh, from Drew Brees. I know Drew Brees. I want to say it's about 89% because Drew Brees targeting Thomas is 90%. So I want to say, obviously, it's 90%. But that's still a ridiculous stat to think of and look at and everything. So I'm pretty torn. I would still say Hopkins is number one, but... It's the NFL. Everyone's in different situations. Uh, you know, quarterback. That's throwing to them. Your offense. Your, you know, how you utilize. But um, 
right now, I think you just can argue Hawkins easily for the best. And I want to just look at the playoff picture right now. Right now, in the AFC, the Chiefs with MVP Mahomes, they're seeing at first the LA Chargers. No one's talking about the Chargers. They're in second place at seven and two in the conference. I like the Chargers. Um, Joey Bosa is predicted to be back this week. I love Joey Bosa. I, I like him. I think he's amazing. I think he will be a perennial all NFL player. Multiple uh, All Star games from him, but they're missing him. I know they're missing Jason Verrett too. So I mean. That's your best defense alignment, top five defense alignment that has yet to play a game. And then one of your top corners is not playing. And that's things that are, you know, against the Chargers. But again, you're seven and two. You're doing good. I like what I see from them. Um, who's up next? Third, we have the Steelers. They're a little slow to start off. They're six, two and one, one tie with the good old Brownies. But I like what I see from them. They finally woke up. They finally came back. James Conner is doing his thing out there. I didn't think James Conner would do that much of an impact compared to what Le'Veon Bell brings you. But Conner is really out there putting it all out there. I like what I see. New England's at four. So those are your top four seeds. New England's seven and three. New England, um, I mean, you, it's hard to count against them just because it's Belichick, it's Brady, it's the Patriots, you know. You can write them off all you want. I think they still make the playoffs, obviously. I think they still possibly make the Western, the AFC, still thinking basketball. <laughs> I think they'll still make the AFC championship game. Um Number five would be Houston Texans at six and three, arguably second highest team in the league. You can argue third hottest team. You know they're they're catching steam. And then in your fifth spot, ooh, excuse me, in your sixth spot, excuse me, is the five and four Cincinnati Bengals. I know AJ Green's out a little bit. Joe Mixon was banged up. Um. Marvin Lewis is somehow the coach. I don't under, really understand how. Um, so right now it'd be the Steelers and the Bengals. The Cincinnati going to, if the playoffs were to start today, Cincinnati would go to Pittsburgh and Houston would go to New England for the playoffs. I think that would be a hell of a matchup. But again, there is still, you know, Six to seven weeks left in the season. Anything could happen. Houston could continue to win out and be at the very top. Um, they could lose out. I mean, it's it's the NFL. You never know. One of the worst parts about it is injuries. And I don't wish injury against no player, nobody. But what I see right now, I could see the top five being the same. I could see Houston... Moving up a little bit more, I could see them winning some more games. I could see Pittsburgh possibly dropping a little bit. 
but I, I would have to look at their schedules and know exactly what. But I think it would be Kansas City, number one. I think second will be – I would have to go to Patriots. I just think the Patriots grind it out. They'll do their thing. Belichick's going, no, he'd rather get that first-round buy, and they're going to put their effort into getting that second seed. Um, I think Chargers would be three. Pittsburgh, I think Houston would be fourth. They'll be a good fourth seed. I think Pittsburgh will be five. And I think I'm going to have to go with the Titans. I think the Titans are slowly surging. They'll be up there too. So we'll have Kansas City one, New England two, Chargers three, Texans four, Pittsburgh five, Tennessee six. So, yeah, that would be something interesting to see how it plays out, how it goes. Let me look at the NFC. Um, okay, NFC, your season was to end today. The first seed would be New Los Angeles Rams. Todd Gurley, you know, Georgia legend, RBU. I love him. I think he's amazing. You can make an argument first or second best running back in the league. I think Zeke's. First, but I can understand why people say Gurley, obviously, the head coach, the situation, how to game plan him. Zeke does amazing, but we don't utilize him how we should. Um, So basically, yeah, Gurley will probably win MVP this year. Um, Well, he should have won it last year, but he's been great on offense. I see people making arguments for him to be MVP. I still think Patrick Mahomes... Uh, but yeah, so Los Angeles Rams at nine and one, New Orleans Saints at eight and one, Chicago Bears at six and three. Saints are hot. Saints are really hot right now. Just to throw that out there. Uh, Washington Redskins at six and three, Panthers at six and three, and Minnesota Vikings at five and three. Um, and then sadly, my Cowboys are way down there at four and five. <laughs> but looking at the playoff picture. I like the Rams. I like a lot. I like the Bears. I like what they did on defense. Um, Trubisky, I think he's still a year away from truly getting down everything, you know, being that guy at quarterback for the Bears. I mean, he's suitable now. He's great. He's doing good. But I think just it's going to take probably one more year. And their defense looks nice. I love the Khalil Mack trade. I will never understand why the Raiders made that trade. Um, I understand paying, but he's not a player you can just find on the streets any day. Not a player, um, that you can just find anywhere or, okay, yeah, this guy we're about draft with all these draft picks. That could be him. You don't know. They could be bust. The Raiders aren't exactly the greatest at drafting. I know a lot of their players have been bust, except for Cleo Mack. He's been amazing. So, not very smart by Gruden. Maybe he may be a genius and we just don't realize it. Um, Next, we had the Redskins. Again, they're sneaky. So, one of those teams, they may be sneaky good or just, you know, sneaky bad sneaking through. I haven't really looked much into it. Um, But, yeah, I mean, they got Adrian Pearson back there being the old AP. Alex Smith, they have... Their defense is, you know, sneaky good. But 
It's one of those teams you just don't know. That's just really how is it. And right now, after them would be the Panthers. I like the Panthers. Once I saw how they play against the Cowboys, I knew either the Panthers are really good on defense or the Cowboys are really bad. Apparently, they I was bright on both of them. Um, and the Panthers, I could see doing a little bit of work. It's Cam Newton. Um, Christian McCaffrey is catching everything that passes to him. And... Ooh, excuse me, their defense looks nice. I like, um, man, I, I went blank for a second. I like, that's like their defense. I got everything. Luke Keekley, I don't know why I was thinking of uh, our players. Thomas Davis out there looking nice. Minnesota Vikings, they're coming around. They, um, they have Christian, uh, Kirk Cousins. They have Dalvin Cook coming back. I was upset that he got hurt last year. I was wishing him the best. I liked him at Florida State. I knew he was going to come in and do great. And saw him getting injured. I feel like if he was there, they could have helped him a lot to get possibly past the Eagles. But, you know, the Eagles, that's a tough team. That was a really damn good team last year. I, but, you know, I think that running back could help made a difference. Their defense is legit. They dropped off a little bit, but they still got legit defense. And... They're four and one in their last five. Their last, their only loss really coming to the Saints, and you can't be mad with your team if you lost to the Saints because they're the hottest team in the league. They won eight straight. Um, Drew Brees is up there, MVP candidate. Michael Thomas looking amazing. Their defense is you can't run on their defense. So, I mean, looking at this picture, I think the. NFC will be a little bit more competitive coming down to it in the playoffs. I think looking at it, it will stay the same. I don't think it switches any with um, the playoff pitcher coming around. I think the Rams take first. Um, I think talking about the Rams real quick, hit them and the Chiefs play this Monday night. And I will be watching that. I'm not too big on the NFL. I watch. I really don't watch it too much, but I still keep up with that. I still keep up with the stats and everything behind it. I think they. I think the Rams will lose. The Chiefs. They both don't have exactly. Super well. Chiefs defense finally got dynamic the past four weeks. Um, the Rams have Marcus Peters back there. I don't know what happened to him. He just very flashy, and he was always that. Hey, I'll get you that pick, but I'll also give up, you know, that fifty-yard TD in the same game. And people don't like that. Uh, obviously, no one likes that. But I think he really fell off this year, so that's a big liability. Unless he was to step his game up and understand, um, you know, make that corrections. It's you still can, but. It's one that you're going to have to wait and see. So I'll revise that. I see the Saints finishing first. Rams second. I still think the Bears have finished third. I like where they're going. Um, Looking at it, looking at it. I think the Vikings will move up to fourth. And it's, it's still a tough division. Yeah, none teams, 
you know, like the uh, Packers and the Lions might not be the best of teams right now, but they're still hard and competitive teams. So I think the Vikings will be a fourth seed. The Redskins will finish fifth, and the Panthers will get sixth. So it will be interesting to see. And I'm, I'm excited for the playoffs. I always like the playoffs. And it's just something, you know, we're going to have uh, to and see how it all turns out. My Super Bowl picks, after all this, after watching everything, my Super Bowl pick is the Saints versus the Kansas City Chiefs. I think it'll be another high-scoring game like last year's Eagles versus Patriots. Um, I think the Saints do it. I think Drew Brees would go out there and ball out like he did last Super Bowl against Manning. I think Drew Brees would go out there and solidify his career and how good he is and how really underrated if you talk about when you bring up top quarterbacks, no one really discusses Drew Brees. Everyone kind of goes other names. I think this, this one will help Drew Brees a lot, solidify his name. And getting that Super Bowl, I think if he got it, the MVP also, it'll help him a lot. But we're just, it's one of those things we're going to have to wait and see how the season turns out. But yeah, I'm interested in the NFL. I'm ready to see how it turns out. I may not be the biggest fan of the NFL. Um, too many rule penalties nowadays. I understand player safety, but it's still one of those things. It's kind of hard, you know. You hit someone, you barely touch someone, it's a foul, and it gets pretty devastating. But, again, it will be something interesting to see. And I honestly can't wait. But, I just this just was a quick episode I wanted to do real quick. We're running about 45 minutes right now, right at 46. But, you know, I just want to thank everyone for helping me in coming and doing this podcast. I want to thank people for promoting my podcast. You know, I went to Twitter. I put it out there. I got a lot of favorites, retweets, and quote tweets. I took it to Facebook. I know it was a day late with Facebook, but I still got a lot of shares. It was really out there on my Facebook. And I know in the first hour, I got my first hour having my podcast up. I had 12 views. I was very excited. I know many people would be like, that's not a lot, you know. But for starting out, very first time doing it, I enjoyed it. I got a lot of positive feedback from people that found it um, very soothing, you know, just Something laid back, relaxing, nice to talk about. I love talking um, sports. You know, any sport. I could talk baseball, football, basketball, obviously soccer. I'll talk whatever I like um, talking. And I'm slowly getting the groove of everything. Right now, I'm getting on the Anchor app to see. It's been about 30 hours, 31 hours. And since I put my episode up, I have a total of 66 plays. And that's a big, big thank you to all those out there that helped me. I know this episode was a little bit longer, and this one was uh, more towards the NFL. But I hope for next coming episodes, I can put them together. I'm going to talk a little bit uh, basketball and NFL. I'm going to think I'm going to start doing them on 
Monday night, probably doing after Monday night football, doing a podcast and just going real quick over what I've seen from the football weekend and then talking a little bit about basketball that I've seen from Thursday till uh, Monday. And then once that Thursday podcast comes around, I'll talk about what I've seen from Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday basketball. Um, but again, thank you so much to everyone that went out and helped me promote this. You know, God bless y'all. And, you know, if you have any questions, like I said, you want me to answer something, I might not got to some of the questions I was asked. I know one of our buddies, Tristan, he asked me some questions. I didn't get to him. Um, but I know on the next episode, once after this week, I'll be able to get to them. I'll be able to discuss them better. And if you have any questions, want me to answer about your favorite team. I know my buddy Daytrail wanted me to talk about the Lakers. I'm going to talk about them next episode. But, you know, your favorite team might be the Magic out there. You know, shoot me a question. I'll discuss the Magic. You know, I'll talk any team. I watch the games. I know quite a bit. I might not seem like it, but I know what I'm talking about, but yeah, this is my opinion. This is the M Sports and thank you again.